This episode is powered by denanywhere.com, the online extension of Den Meditation. Our primary goal is to make meditation and personal growth available to all so that you truly understand and learn to love yourself, thus creating more harmony and success not only in your life, but within the world. We offer online programs, teacher trainings, retreats, free meditations, and many programs to further your growth. So go explore all the possibilities. Go to denanywhere.com now. Hey guys, I wanted to let you know about our compassion certification. Heather Preet has been on the podcast a bunch of times. She is incredible and she's our senior mindfulness um, teacher and she's awesome. So anytime you have the chance to take anything with her, I suggest you do. But I want to talk about this certification. So it's a compassion certification on January 4th and 5th that weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday. It's for five hours each day. So 10 hours total for the certification. But then it's six weeks of personal practice afterwards where you'll be doing meditations at home that you get to keep forever. This is an amazing course, and it's honestly anyone who's just interested in compassion practices, anyone who wants to bring it to their work, or anyone who's just like in chronic pain or has disabilities or just wants to kind of transform that inner critic that we all have, that kind of monkey mind or that voice inside that just tells us we're no good. But it really is beautiful. I mean, it's going to benefit anyone. Imagine if you could just walk into your life compassionate for others and for yourself at all times. So I really hope you join us. Go to denmeditation.com under certifications. You can sign up. Also, we do have the course version online if you're ever interested at denanywhere.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal. I am your host and the founder of Den Meditation. I get to talk to Erin Claire Jones today. She has her own company that does charts in human design. You're probably like, what is that? Though we've talked about it a little bit here, it's pretty awesome. These charts, kind of like when you get your natal chart done, is a whole categorization of like how you perform. What is your energetic makeup? What is your emotional makeup? So what does that mean? Basically means they give you a category of who you are and then all of these things. How do you respond to things? How should you make decisions? How should you rest? How much should you do? I mean, literally like, how do you interact with people? Should you work alone? Should you work with others? I mean, it tells you everything. So if you're anyone who feels stuck within relationships or in your job, this is actually a perfect thing to do because it just gives you a roadmap on what's really best for your system. So again, you might read it at times and be like, that's so interesting because I actually operate slightly differently. That's the whole point. It's saying, well, maybe that is why things aren't working or that is why you're tired or that's why you haven't had the success you want or that's why the relationship feels like it's not going anywhere because you're actually not working in alignment with what you should be and what your energetic makeup is. It's really amazing and she does such an incredible job. So this conversation is so fun because we, A, talk about what all the types are and all the different nuances and how you can actually use these readings and these charts to really benefit your life. And again, it goes from every detail, whether you're a parent and you want to know how to really let your child be them and parent them in the way that's going to benefit them. Whether you're finding a team and you're trying to figure out who to hire, whether you're about to date someone and you want to know what's going on in that relationship, whether you're in a job and you don't know why you're feeling frustrated. It's incredible. It is such an incredible tool and it will make you have better performance and just be happier. And again, all it is is about learning who you truly are. And isn't that what we preach here all the time? How can you figure out who you are and live by it and own it? So I really hope you like this episode. And also, again, what's pretty cool, she's giving us a discount. So if you want to go to her website, Erin Claire Jones, and by the way, you might want to do this before you listen to the episode because it might be fun to have handy. So as she talks about the different areas, you get more insight. But her website is ErinClaireJones.com. 
um, go to Blueprint on the nav bar and you will get your, she'll print out the whole thing and you get 10% off. So just input DEN10, D-E-N and the number 10 and you get 10% off and enjoy it. I'm so excited. We're here with Erin Claire Jones. Hi. Who does human design charts and everything? And she and I'll. I mean, I already gave you a big intro um, that you didn't hear. Um, <laughs> but I'm so curious to talk to you because a she did mine and Nicole's chart, so I know just how informative informative it is. But I do want to like just back up a little bit because some people don't fully understand what human design is because I feel like it just hasn't been spoken about mm-hmm. as much as let's say a natal chart or astrology. When do you feel like it started hitting, for lack of better words, like the scenes? I feel like it started hitting like a year ago, maybe like 18 months ago. Yeah. I think that like when I first started sharing human design, like the beginning of 2016, no one had any idea what I was talking about. And it just feels like there was like a big shift beginning of kind of 2018. What do you think the shift was? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like it just felt like all of a sudden no one knew about it. And then like I would hear people behind me, you know, at the coffee shop talking about it. So like it just, and it keeps growing. So I don't know what exactly prompted it, but I just feel like people are ready for it in a way that they weren't before. Now here it is. It's something where you give, just like a natal chart, you give your birthday, the time and place of your birth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you come back with this whole kind of chart of like how you think, how you like process energy, right? How you mm-hmm. work with others. It's actually pretty amazing. Talk about the, the difference, like, and I know this is such probably a boring question you probably get all the time, of that and astrology. Mm-hmm. So I think that like one, honestly, the simple answers are just different systems. You know, I think that human design, we call it a quantum system because it draws from so many different ones. So it draws from astrology, it draws from the Kabbalah, the I Ching, um, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, like all into one master system. But, you know, I think what I fell in love with was just like how grounded and tactical and specific it was. I think astrology can do the same, you know, like, and I think it's kind of what people are drawn to. So what do you feel like the major differences are, like as far as, as far as information? You know, I think that like human design really focuses on kind of helping people understand their operating system, like helping them understand how they're designed to make decisions, communicate, kind of cultivate relationships and opportunities for themselves. Like I haven't gone deeply enough into astrology to say that it doesn't do that because I imagine it kind of does too. My experience with astrology is more like kind of letting me know the phase of life I'm in and like kind of what's happening in that phase and kind of how to leverage that phase whereas human design is less about like this is where you're at now at this age and like in this season and more just like this is your wiring now it's up to you to kind of like leverage and get in alignment with it so you give your like you said birthday time and place of birth Mm -hmm. and then you get there's kind of five five main types yes so there's five main types now in those five main types you give so much information about it Mm -hmm. like you know like communication style, decision making, mm-hmm. how they should work with others, yes. like rest, not rest, like what success is, what success isn't. But how much is it once you get your type, is all the information the same or mm-hmm. does it shift? Like, are there details within there that shift depending on so your many, specificity? So many details. So basically in human design, there are like 2 billion different configurations, you know? Amazing. So like at the highest level, there are five types. And so like with your blueprint, you know, the first two like pages are probably about just being a projector in general. Everything else is specific to you. Like your center is what colors, what lines you have colored in, like the numbers you have on the side. So everything else is specific to your design. So like I've made like more than a thousand blueprints and none of them are the same. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So like when you talk about, so let's like kind of give people a roadmap of it. Yeah. So there's five main. Yes. 
types. Yeah. So, and then, so those are manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. Love it. And we'll get into details of what that all means in a yeah. second. And so then when you go from there, it's the, what is the other information that people are given like in their chart? So like most important stuff to begin is one, the type and with your type will come a strategy. So that's the communication strategy. And then everyone will have a different way of making decisions. It's called your inner authority. Um, then there's something called definition, which is how you kind of best process information. And then there, these are, I'm covering the blueprint stuff. There's obviously more Then there's the open centers, which are the areas that can kind of get you the most taken off track. Those are kind of the areas where you're the most sensitive to other people's energy. Um, then there's the natural strengths within you. Then what we call your profile, which is like how you're here to manifest your purpose. So those are the things that I think are like the most important to get started. There's like so much more. But even in those, yeah. that's all going to be different for like, let's say every generating manifest Fester, those details are going to be different depending yes. on your location, your birthday, and all that stuff. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it gets like really nitty gritty and specific. Super nitty gritty. And that's what I love about it. You know, it's like in projectors, like we're both emotional projectors, but like it's the most diverse of all the types. Like everyone is so different. Wait, so you're not, so I, so out of a projector, there's different for, like you said, an emotional projector. Like what yes. are the other projectors? So the emotional is based on how we make decisions. So you and I are emotional, which means we're not designed to make decisions in the moment. It's good for us to like, I think you were. Um, no, no, yes, yeah, correct, I mean, it yeah. did say, take a, it did say yes. take a beat. So it's really about kind of giving ourselves time when we make decisions to kind of sleep on things and feel into things because we're kind of always riding an emotional wave and right. so we don't want to make decisions on the high or the low. But some projectors are splenic, which means they make decisions based on their intuition, kind of in the moment spontaneously. Others are called self-projected, which means they kind of like need to let themselves speak and just kind of verbally process before they kind of commit and just let their truth come out of their mouth. Um, other people, it's all about just being in the right environment. Um, and then there's also, you know, there are what we call energy projectors. I mean, there's so much. I know, but I, I, this is so fascinating. So going off of this, like for me, like so many other things you described that I'm like, that seems more like me. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. Is it the beauty about learning this about yourself is really your true nature. Like, mm -hmm. so you might be conditioned to operate a different way, 100%. but that doesn't mean you're like working at a, you know, a hundred percent efficiency or capacity because you're operating not in line with your natural operating system. Exactly. And I feel like so often we're not, you know, I think that like, and for you, like there's just a hierarchy, like you do have a super strong intuition. It's just like for those big decisions, it's good to kind of give yourself time to feel into it. But I think so often we're just very conditioned around how we think we should operate. And so you were mentioning before, you're kind of like a super generator and doing <laughs> so much. And like, projectors are actually so susceptible to being super generators because they're just well, like... Well, because I was telling her I was yeah. surprised I was a Because, well, you know, go through what the five are yeah. and then we'll go into specifics about like us or you or anyone, totally. just different things. But talk about what they are so people yeah. know. So we have generators and manifestors. And by the way, they're all important. 100%. <laughs> like they all serve a purpose. And they're all needed. You know, I'll have some yeah. people come, they're like, I'm a generator. Like I'm boring. I'm like, what? what? Like one, you're so needed. And two, like that's just the highest level. Like let's get into your design specifically. So generators and manifesting generators are the majority of the population. Um, basically the people that really have the energy and the life force to kind of build and create and bring things to life. And the most important thing in the world is that they're doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. They're kind of designed to wake up each morning with like a full tank of energy to use their energy in super satisfying ways and then kind of crash and wake up recharge. See, I would have thought I was one of those, which is so fascinating. So yeah. keep going. And so, and the difference between the two is that manifesting generators tend to thrive when they have their energy and a lot of things at once. So kind of rather than doing just one thing, you know, we're laughing at Nicole because that's Nicole and that's so her. And you kind of need that stimulation. Like if they're like, I've had so many manifesting generator clients that like are in a good job, but they're totally bored because there's just like not the stimulation that's required. To kind See, of I would have thought going. I was a manifesting generator for that reason too. 
So she needs a mic. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so their strategy is all about kind of allowing things to come to them. They're designed to be very kind of magnetic. Um, projectors, I totally hear you. You know, I think I thought I was a generator too, only because that's how I had lived my life. But projectors basically operate best as kind of like leaders, guides, advisors, teachers. Like they're just not here to do all the doing. We can get super hyped up on other people's energy and try to do all the doing. Um, but it's really about kind of taking rest. Like the ideal for projectors, which is the joke, is like projectors working like three hours a day which is obviously not oh feasible God. for some. I got to make some life changes. <laughs> not feasible. I mean, I don't work three hours a day now, you know, I but know. I just think that it's really honoring that our energy is a little bit more inconsistent. It's not waking up and being like, okay, let's go. It's more just like, okay, like I'm going to leverage the energy when it's there and I'm going to take rest when it's not. And like for projectors, so much of our gift is kind of really in understanding people and kind of being very sensitive to energy and making them feel sort of very seen and recognized and asking the right questions. And so it's often good to kind of find a modality or a system that kind of helps us really cultivate that understanding of people. Um, this strategy I'm curious if this resonated with you obviously you've like built a real business here but the strategy for projectors is really kind of about waiting to be invited in and recognized um it's so funny you brought that up that was the thing that I was most surprised about yes I would guess you know and I think that it's just because projectors bring such a different thing to the table and so like often they kind of need that recognition for them to really operate like a projector. You know, if they're brought into a company and expected to operate like a generator, it will be challenging, you know? And like, it's not to say that you can't initiate, you can, but the idea is that things are going to flow a little bit easier and just feel better if you kind of wait for that invitation and recognition. And like that specifically relates to things that involve other people. Like you don't need an invitation to like study a new thing or move to a new city, but like when it involves like dating someone or like working with someone, that's where you really kind of need to feel invited in and recognized. I will say in that regard, I've kind of operated that way a little bit Mm -hmm. I've always been like oh someone wants me or needs me they'll let me know Mm -hmm. like like not in an obnoxious way but Mm -hmm. with jobs or whatever you know when I wasn't creating my own thing I was like like my work's there people know what it is kind of so that's actually interesting Mm -hmm. and the work for these people is like when I first found that out I was like what I have like so much energy please don't like I don't want to sit around well that's what's like and again I don't want to talk only about me I want to go to all of them but like that was surprising for me too because I have absurd amount of energy, like yeah. as Nicole knows. So it really surprised. But I've been really working on figuring out how to ride it better and exactly. and honor it when I feel like t- to honor sometimes, even though I can do something, my body might be telling me to do something else. And I've been trying to be better at that. It's hard, um, but it's funny. Like so, it, that it did resonate in some ways where I'm like. Wow, but I do have a lot. Like I can get through a lot more than most people or, you know, keep going more than most people. It Mm -hmm. comes from my mom. Mm -hmm. But uh, so so it was so interesting. And it's, and you and I are both like energy projectors. So it's like, there is energy there. It's just that like, and I think also part of why we can sometimes keep going is that we're actually just like leveraging the energy of the people around us. And we're like, okay, let's keep going, you know? Oh, fascinating. And so I think it really is just like honoring, like, okay, do I really have the energy for this thing? Because often by taking rest and like the energy will come back more naturally. But like, I think the biggest thing for us to watch out for is just like making ourselves wrong for being tired or like trying to keep up with people and just trying to like go, go, go. Because often generators and manifesting generators have like a more natural boundary of like waking up, having the energy, and then they know when it's gone. Whereas like we don't have a boundary. We don't know when to stop. Oh, that's interesting. And so that's when I think we can get kind of the most tripped up by doing too much. So projectors are kind of like the leaders, the guides. They mm-hmm. they help tell pe- like form form people into action kind of thing and then yeah. and then dip out. 
bit. Like they're not designed to always kind of be like in the hustle of it all. It's kind of good for them to like come in and guide and then remove themselves and kind of come back in. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's three. That's three. And so then we have manifestors, which are basically the people that are really here to initiate and get things started. Um, they're not here to do all the doing either, but here to just kind of get the ball rolling. Often these people need like a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy and a lot of control. I see that. They're really not here to be told what to do in any way or manage or guided (laughs) in any way. And so often they thrive. If they're going to work within a company, if they're given like total freedom, if it's like, this is your domain, go do your thing, let us know how it goes. Um, but often manifestors work really well kind of on their own just because they feel that autonomy. Um, and so their strategy is all about initiating. So making the first move, but also about informing. So once they've made a decision, reflecting on all the people that decision is going to impact and make sure they let them know. Amazing. And that's a sm- 9%. That's 9%. Right. And then reflectors are 1%. So much more rare. Um, have you looked up your daughter? No, I need to. Yeah. I was going to, I need, I need so to. Curious. Yeah. So reflectors are basically these very powerful mirrors where they kind of are very sensitive to their environment and they basically are taking in everything in their environment and mirroring it back, kind of just showing us the state of things. So when you know who reflectors are, it's like so helpful because like whether it's a company or community or team, like you really get a sense of the health of that place just by how that person is showing up. Wait, so say that again. So it's like... So they're basically incredibly sensitive to their space. So they're going to just like take in everything that's happening in the space and just kind of mirror it back and how they're showing up. And so like if they're doing really well and super energized, there's probably like good stuff happening. But like if they're so they're just like taking in so much. The most important thing for them is that they're actually in environments that feel good to them. Yeah, I was going to say that feels like it could be a really hard thing to be. (laughs) It's it is like I think a hard thing to be if they're trying to be just one thing. And why I say that is because like part of the magic of reflectors is that like their identity is like always shifting and evolving and adapting based on who they're with and where they are. And so if they try to put themselves in one box, it's going to be super challenging. But if they allow themselves to wake up and be like, I feel like a projector, I feel like a manifesting generator and just like leveraging wherever they are it's amazing and I also think that like these beings are so wise like whenever I've had a reflector on my team before I'm literally asking them questions all the time because they're just like so sensitive to like energy and the way things work in a way that few are and so like I just I always say like the best place for them in a company is like literally right next to the CEO just like whispering in their ear because they just like see everything that's happening interesting Mm -hmm. so when you staff up like for you Mm -hmm. do you look for certain like charts I do. I think that like it's it's always a little bit hard on the hiring process, you know, both in like helping my clients hire, but also looking people for people for myself because I'm so drawn to projectors, and like because I am a projector, right. and like so many people that are drawn to me are projectors, and so but like I think that I always need like a lot. Well, that's of, funny because it's only it's not a huge amount either, mm-mm. so it's interesting that they flock to you totally. And so, but I think that like, I've always had a manifesting generator or a generator business partner because I just like can't do it on my own. Right, and two projectors, nobody would really be doing the two projectors the nitty like, gritty. It's so <laughs> interesting. I've seen a lot of clients that have that, and like they have all the best ideas in the world, but, but they, they just can't like can't it get happen. it done. And so, like they, and even just having a generator around, like because you can have a generator around and like pick up on their energy and really leverage it. But you kind of just like really need to be strategic about how you're building it, you know, and making sure you have the right energy. And the thing is that like we all need each other, you know, like every type and every person kind of plays a different role. That's yeah. so fun. Is there ever a time? So you read a lot of charts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you ever get, ex- is there like a certain chart type or anything that just gets you excited? Um, I think that like in business, I was sitting with two women this morning, also a projector and a manifesting generator like you two. And that's like a great combo. You know, I think that like within the business context, like projectors and generators, projectors and manifesting generators are great because they just bring such different things to the table. Yeah. So like, I love seeing that. And like, I mean, for me, there's like not really a hierarchy and like not just to like 
I think that every type and like they're all going to interact differently. And so like, I just like love seeing the combination and see what people are drawn to. You know, I, I still find out people are like, can you build a dating app or a thing like this? And like, you have to be drawn to someone. And then once you look at your designs, you're like, oh, this is how you can really support each other. Right. So wh- how often do you meet people like when you're doing this and you're like, okay, this is what's come up. Like for me, like you're mm-hmm. a projector, emotional projector, blah, blah, blah. How often are they not even coming close to living in line with mm. the map? Um, I think there are always like smaller elements where they're living out of alignment, but like my experience with human design is that like, I'm not telling people stuff they don't know. Like very often it's telling people stuff they do know, but haven't really given themselves permission to step into. Hmm. And so I think more often, like when I heard that, I was like, wow, I'm not operating like that, but like, Ooh, that just feels so much better. You know? So I think it's true with a lot of my clients where it just like becomes so clear the areas of their life where they're living off track and, and kind of how to get back on. Um, but I'd say most of the time, like, they get it, you know, in a way like very, where they're like, duh, I know, shoot. Like, and so it becomes very clear that like, oh, I'm like not in a job. I enjoy it, whatever it is, like kind of where the shifts need to happen. I mean, it is so interesting because for me, I was like, oh, like the part that resonated for sure was like understanding people mm-hmm. and like leading and, you know, bringing people together. Like, I love that. I've yeah. loved that in every job I've done is like, how can I get a team and like totally. really get the best version of them and like, you know, watch them grow. Mm-hmm. Like I have no... I've never been like the manager who ever gets jealous or mm-hmm. ever. If anything, I'm like, yes, please be smarter than me. Please. Like, that would be amazing. But the part that was interesting was like the workhorse quality of it. Like, I've totally. just always been such a workhorse. Mm-hmm. And do you, does that feel good to you? I mean, sometimes, because sometimes it's satisfying. Like, mm-hmm. I think anyone, if you're putting effort and you see results, I, mm-hmm. I do find that satisfying. I also, I think maybe it's because I was raised with such like a, you know, you do, you just mm-hmm. do. You don't look at anyone else to do it for you. You take care of yourself and you do it. So that's why that part for me was like the biggest surprise. Yeah. Not the fact of like, hey, you can be like a manager. It was more of the like, but I am such a workhorse. Yeah. And like, and I identify with it too. You know, I think that like, especially building this business, it's like, I'm so excited about it that it's just like, I'm just like bouncing all over doing all the things. And like, I love it. But I also just, I know that it's not sustainable. Yeah. So how, I was going to say, so this is interesting yeah. because, and I get it. I'd say lately, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, I've definitely felt it a little more of like, oh yeah, I have to be in balance more. And like, mm-hmm. I can feel that I'm pushing myself at times. And it's funny, one of the things in these charts that are awesome is you tell, and it's different for each type, right? You, you tell them, these are the things you'll specifically feel when you're off track. Yes. So for at least, at least me, I don't know if it's just projectors, it was irritable. It was like being bitter, bitter. Mm-hmm. which I was like, oh my God, that's such a specific emotion. So does each one have a different... So that one's specific to the type. So like, for example, for projectors, on track is success off track is bitterness which is like not feeling recognized or appreciated and then for manifesting generators and generators it's frustration and satisfaction for manifestors it's peace and anger and for reflectors it's surprise and disappointment god i mean that's a lot to like wrap your head around because i and i love it and this is why you guys should all do a chart and by the way we're getting a discount so when you go to her amazing website erin claire jones and you hit blueprint i'm telling you why i love what you do and i know she's even making it more beautiful Mm -hmm. it is so beautifully laid out and cleanly laid out and Mm -hmm. it's just like it is literally like bullet points of this is what you need to know about yourself. This is the stuff you should steer clear from. I mean, it's so clear. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing where you're like, oh, I don't understand. Like, sometimes with astrology charts, you get that. You're like, what? Sure. I'm, 
I have, I'm triangling, triangulating this. Like, what does that mean? Like, this is very like, yeah. this is how you work best. This is how you communicate with people. This is where you, you know, stick your foot in your mouth. This mm-hmm. is what you need to do. Um, I love it. So one of the things to go back to where this started, and by the way, you, you do den 10 and just put in the number 10. So D E N 10. Um, and you get 10% off to get your own blueprint, which is incredible. But one of the things was like, if you're not on the right path, you're bitter. And I did go back and started thinking, and I've talked about it openly on this podcast before times where I've known in my old jobs when I'm really frustrated and I've said, I'm not my highest self. Like I just started acting like an asshole. And it was, it's like, I was bitter. Like it comes Mm -hmm. out in bitterness. And I kind of went back to other jobs. I'm like, yeah, I always just said it's when I knew I needed to change because I just wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. excited about it. But I was like, oh yeah, there was an element of bitterness in all of that. Totally. And I think that, and it's so funny because it is so specific. So specific. That's a very specific emotion. It's a specific (laughs) thing. And like for me, it's like frustration doesn't resonate. Like I don't often really get frustrated, but like the bitterness is just like when I don't feel recognized or appreciated, like it's always a just invitation to step back. I'm like, okay, something's like out of alignment here. I need to either show up in a different way or maybe it's just no longer the right thing for me. Or like we kind of need to renegotiate it. But I appreciate those like little signposts because it always kind of keeps us in line. That's what's so amazing about it. You're giving people very clear signposts. Mm -hmm. But it is amazing to see like when you read it and you realize so many of us are kind of off of it a little bit. 100%. It's kind of a beautiful way to start a, a practice. Yeah. And even just like at the end of each day, it's, it's funny. I've had clients who are like, when I mention them, they're like, oh yeah, frustration, like my marriage, my job, like it just like gives them such a framework to be like, that is the area of my life that just says like, I'm experiencing so much resistance. Well, that's where I thought of it first, because for me, like I remember saying like when my husband and I would go through stuff, that's exactly what I'd say, where I'm like, I don't feel seen or heard, which is exactly what you wrote in the thing. It's like, totally. you're off track when it's, you don't feel seen or heard and then you get bitter. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I've used those words before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's really wild. But I think that like, and I love what you said about the blueprint, but I think that like my intention is definitely not to make it feel super esoteric and inaccessible for people because I think that like human design is like actually so practical and so specific. And I just think that like, people often don't need more information. They just need to know how to like integrate it into their lives. So talk about like, cause I know you do this a lot for companies as mm-hmm. well or mm-hmm. people talk about how, when you've gone into companies, a, what you've noticed again, like how they're off track and B, like what kind of changes people have actually implemented based off of like your readings. Yeah. So, I mean, I think whether it's like a romantic relationship or a business partnership, I think we get the most tripped up when we like expect someone to be different than what they are. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean. And so. And we always do. We always do. Like we refuse to just accept. Why? We just do. Exactly. (laughs) And so what I love about human design and I've integrated it like building my own teams in the past and also with a lot of other teams is just like it basically helps people each kind of know their role. You know, and so, for example, if they have a projector on their team. It's like, let me hone this person to kind of be the manager and the leader and not actually expect them to do all the doing, you know, like generators and manifesting generators. It's like kind of making sure that they're so deeply satisfied with what they're doing because their energy is going to be so infectious. They kind of want to fully leverage them in that way. Um, manifestors giving them all the freedom in the world. So I think like, you know, tactically, like I just like the intention is to kind of give people tools to know how to communicate and, and work with each other in a way that is just going to feel better. And when they actually like, and, and there are so many more specifics, like you can literally go in and like build fully functional teams by just like making sure like these certain pillars are covered, Amazing. but like tactically it'd be like, okay, generators and manifesting generators, like you want to ask them very specific questions. Like they have a very strong gut response and it's better to kind of, rather than ask them open-ended questions, kind of give them options and let them be like, this thing feels right or it doesn't. Whereas for projectors, you kind of want to ask them open-ended questions, like give them 
them opportunities to kind of talk through things and reflect, you know, you really want to invite them in. You want to make them feel incredibly recognized. Recognition is everything for them. You know, for manifestors, you want to give them all the freedom in the world and just kind of make sure that they keep you informed and kind of keep communicating about what's going on. It's so funny because I think back to my business days and I can probably guess who the manifestors were. Of course. Because I'm like, oh yeah, that person needed to be in their own office with basically no team. Yes. And just like, yeah, make mistakes here and there, but basically have freedom to create and do whatever they want. Exactly. And then they can be innovative and super creative. And so I think like, you know, I worked with small teams and big ones, but I just think that there's a sense of like allowing people to kind of be in a flow and in a place that actually feels good to them and not being expected to kind of be something that they're not. You know, and I think that like, and Interesting. and I think also like I've built teams where they're like no generators. And we're like, oh, we need generators. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, because then what happens? Like, how does any work there was, get done? I even like I <laughs> it was there was a team. It was like it was me leading, and then two manifestors and um, one generator. And it was so funny because when the generator was like not in the meeting with us, like we just like didn't chat. Ha- we just didn't do anything, <laughs> and then the generator would show up, and we're like. You know, and like, can so, we make a list? Can we do this? And I think also with hiring, you know, like I think that I in the past, it's like you can actually see who's not going to last in the team, you know. And so often, it's like, of course, this person's not going to last. They always last like two months if we end up hiring them. And, and so, what would that mean? Like, what does that look like for so you? So, like an example of that would be, I was in a team or leading a team where it was all of us were emotionally defined. So similar to what you are, which basically meant we all had these kind of like intense, just like emotions, you know, and like we, you might not always perceive them, but we were kind of always riding an emotional wave, but we kept hiring people that were like super open and sensitive emotionally and taking (laughs) on all of our stuff. And so they would last for like a month, but it was just like, they couldn't meet the frequency of the team, not because like anything was wrong with them or us, but like it just didn't mesh. And so I think what human design does is like kind of helps us understand all the energetics that are operating underneath the surface so we can like know them and leverage them you know and like even I was sitting with a woman today who's we're using human design to kind of build her sales team and we literally could look at like who's triggering who you know who's going to have a harder time with who and so just having that awareness she was at a meeting and she was like these people were like just fighting and we need to only do things when we're like all of us together so it's just like these interesting dynamics where it kind of helps you understand like how to actually work with each person so what about like when you're talking about like a relationship relationship partnership couple um have you ever, like, someone come to you and been like, I've been having issues, and, like, you look. Have you ever just looked at two charts and you're like, you just shouldn't be together? I haven't, but there <laughs> have been, like, I've definitely looked at charts, and, like, I'm thinking of one in particular where it just, like, they had to do so much work to maintain the relationship because when you look at two people, you can basically see if they'll be kind of held together or whether there's, like, too much space. And so, like, in this relationship, there was just, like, nothing holding them together. And, like, they were just so different. And there was, like, nothing pulling them in together. And it was just, like, it, so it's totally possible. It's just going to require more work. Right. So I think that, like, some relationship will, relationships will, like, definitely require more work than others. But I think it also is often very revealing. I was just giving a talk with um, at the space of uh, my former client who we did it with her and her business partner. And, like, doing the partnership reading was so helpful in kind of understanding their roles because they were so different. But eventually they decided not to work together anymore because they just, like, it couldn't, you know, they, like, they had a language for it all. And they're like, this actually she doesn't feel good anymore and so I think it tends to accelerate the process or if it feels like things are not working and they're not drawn and then they learn to just like really trust their authority and what feels right to them then they might actually walk away or like what about the opposite so different a lot of space but then by understanding who the other is does it actually help at all or 100%. make the space go, go away a little bit no I think that it definitely like by understanding how the other person operates then I think anything's possible which is why I'm never going to say that like 
these two aren't possible. Like I think it you all just is. know it might just take more effort. It might just take more effort. But like when you really understand, like my partner is a generator. He makes decisions in the moment through his gut response. I'm a projector. Like I'm super emotional. I need like a whole lot more time. Like, and we just have this dynamic where it's like, we just understand the differences and we actually like know how to navigate them and have a language for them. So it makes it much easier. So like when I'm going through an emotional wave, it's not him like taking it personally and being like, what's going on? He's like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> You're doing your thing. I'll see <laughs> you like, later. Go take a moment. Exactly. Cause he's like, it's not mine. I'm not going to take that in, you know? And, and so I think just, it gives us a language to just navigate those things so much quicker. And I think in business partnerships specifically, when you really, and it's a little bit hard to be specific only cause it's so specific to people's designs. Right, right, of course. But I think that like in business partnership, you'll see what's exactly what's going on. So if conflict or tension comes up, you're like, oh, I know exactly why this is happening. You know, I know this is the area in which we do have tension. And so I think that like, it just tends to accelerate things because you can kind of work through it because you just know you have a language for it. Oh my God. That's, it's so helpful. What about even parenting? Like, cause I know you mentioned it and I've been saying it since I got mine. I'm like, oh my God, I have to have her do my daughter's cause, and she's only four, but is it oh helpful when you have like yeah. a toddler and they're becoming their own to just understand? Yeah. Because I do feel like, cause it's like when you say things, I'm like, oh no, but I make decisions actually really quickly. Mm-hmm. I do that. And I'm like, but part of that just could be my, the nurture, like it might not necessarily the conditioning. Yeah, yeah. The conditioning. And like for you, it's like you have a super strong intuition. So you are going to have like an instinctive sense about anything, the ideas, and you can use that intuition to make all the small decisions. But the idea is with the big decisions to so just like give yourself a beat and be like, okay, do I still feel excited about this thing the next day? And you might, it's not that the instinct is wrong. Right. It's just kind of really like give it verifying. Space. Um, parenting. I love that. You know, I think that like the founder of human design would always, he was like, human design is literally for the children. Like it's going to help anyone. But like when you actually parent according to it, you're basically giving kids permission to be who they are from day one. Yes. And I think we often get to a place where like, we've been operating this way our whole lives. And so I think that like kids need such different things. So I make blueprints for a lot of like two year olds or three year olds or like four year olds. And I love it because like, you just like, yeah, I guess we can't speak with to your daughter, but like, for example, with generators and manifesting generators, like knowing that they need to use up their energy every day and like kind of fully exhaust their tank, like they're probably going to really struggle if like you give them a set bedtime and they're like, I have to go to bed now. Like they kind of need to like, you need to make sure they exhaust their entire tank right. so they can actually like crash and fall asleep. You know, like projectors, like just making sure they feel so invited in and recognized um, and kind of like give themselves permission to rest. But also like they need to like go to bed like an hour early and just like give themselves time to unwind, (laughs) you know, which like I don't always do. But they kind of just need to like drift into sleep rather than just trying to like. Wait, but that's is that you because you're a projector. Is that you like now as an adult? I think that like I try to, you know, I think that like there's another part of sleeping, which is like it's actually recommended that projectors sleep in a separate bedroom from I love sleeping alone. So my partner and I have our own bedrooms. I mean, yeah. that's so funny. Nicole hears me talking about it all the time. Like, we do that a lot also. And it's so funny because people have weird judgments around it. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like. It's the best thing ever. It made us so much stronger because I started. It was about me. I was like, I need space. And if I think so many other relationships would have worked longer if I actually was, like, aware of it. No. That's so funny that you say that. It makes them so much more sustainable. And it's for exactly the reason. It's for me the only time I feel like I have to start unwinding is... Exactly. That's so funny. And it's just, like, it's such a precious time. One of my favorite things to do is sleep by myself. Ever, you know? And it's, like, such a precious time to kind of let go of everyone else's energy and just come back to your own. And, like, when we're sleeping in our own energy, it's just easier to wake up as ourselves. 
because you can imagine like me sleeping next to my partner, like he's a generator. So I'm like taking in his motor all night and I wake up tired. And like if I'm going through an intense emotional thing, he'll take that in, you know, and it's just things that are super unconscious. Right. And so I think like I do think it'll become more common in the future, but I do think there's a lot of. It's so funny. I have this shit around it. People like just, I mean, I find, and this is such a, uh, whatchamacallit, a little diversion, but or tangent. It's like people's what people expect from relationships and what they assume they have to be in order for them to be positive or like is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy how everyone's like, oh, they do this or they don't do this or they did that. So they probably have a horrible relationship. And I'm like, no, relationships are just what two people need and what works for them. Totally. And it might look totally opposite from what works for you in your relationship. But as long as I would say, as long as two people are on the same page yes. and okay, it's not okay if like one person's like, I want to sleep by myself. And the other person's like, well, I feel super rejected. And like, totally. all I want to do is snuggle every night. Well then, yeah, that does not work. And that's not a good relationship because totally. one person's feeling hurt. Totally. And one person in a weird way is like punishing someone. Mm-hmm. But it's like when two people literally know what's good for them and happy and it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. like any like emotional like like hostage situations. Or insecurity. <laughs> or insecurity. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's It's all based on insecurities. Yeah. I've asked people, I'm like, so why don't you? They're like, well, what if they like bring someone else in their bedroom? I well, like, I mean, come on. Well, that's, like, that'd be really hard to do. Yeah. I was just like, we still live together. But I just, I do think that it requires a level of trust in the relationship. You know what I mean? Because I just think there's a belief that it means that the relationship is not going well. But I think, but that's based on some weird old construct 100%. where it's like, now look, there are, I have friends that literally need to be entwined. Yes. With their partner, and by the way, that's fantastic. But you better find the partner who also likes to be entwined. Like, and then how beautiful is that? That every night you guys are doing exactly what you want. You're holding on to each other, and you're waking up, and then that's amazing. But if only one person likes to be entwined, you know how annoyed that person is when they wake up, and then they start to resent you that doesn't like to be entwined, and vice versa. It's all just about two people, exactly like you said, meeting each other. Exactly. And it's it's the judgments, and I'm like, what construct is it that everyone has to like? you know, sleep in the same bedroom every single second. Or it's like, it's such a weird thing, actually. In I, the past, people actually had separate bedrooms. I know. It's it's very weird. And also to like, I mean, we can like go so deep into that. I know. But I do think it's a very weird thing that like, it's like we have to merge in this way. And and again, like there's a financial piece of like, it's definitely more expensive. I, well, I say bedrooms. that too. If you're yeah. lucky enough to have the space because no one's sleeping on the couch. Of but course. Yes. Yeah. But I and do by the way, like when we're somewhere where it's not, we happily sleep together. It's of not course. right. That's what people think that there's this weird, like I'm going to bed. It's like, no, it's like we'd uh, yeah. happily sleep together any night. It's exactly. not, that's not the question. And I'll also say that like my partner and I, like, you know, we were just traveling for two months, you know, we were, had one bed, but I think also like when we do sleep together, we're so excited. Like I just think with anything in it's life, when, like when your default is not that and you choose when to do it I think so it's true. like so it just like changes the dynamic it's like and so I really appreciate that but again it is true for certain designs like I think especially like with projector kids having their own space not sharing a bedroom if they can that's so and, like, interesting really giving them that time to unwind and same with manifest and reflector kids also giving them that time to unwind like a bath reading just kind of like letting themselves drift into sleep and kind of let go of all the energy that's not theirs now a reflector kid must be like highly emotional Definitely like super sensitive. And again, I think like the most important thing to support them in is like just making sure that they're in spaces that feel good to them, like making sure their bedroom feels good to them, making sure their classroom feels good to them, their school, their city. Like I have so many crazy stories of reflector clients where they're like, 
in a city that doesn't feel good. And then they're like diagnosed with all sorts of like crazy disorders and just like things are just like really not working for them. And then they move to a place that they choose and just like it disappears. And like, I don't think it's always as dramatic as that. Right. But I just think there's an element of them really taking in what's in their environment. And so encouraging those reflector kids to just like honor that. Cause so often people are like, um, am I crazy? Am I like that? I want to move this, my table, at this restaurant, but like, it's just like, things are so much, they just like are so much easier and go so much better for them when they're actually in the right spaces. And then how interesting. And then like if the partner knew that, they wouldn't be like, if because you know how sometimes you're with the person who likes to move the table every time and then the partner's so annoyed by it. Exactly. But then you'd understand it. You'd exactly. be like, yes, let's find the perfect table for you. Yeah. And I just think I was talking to my client about this yesterday because we looked up her kid and her husband and her team. And like, I know we have she, to do that. Yeah. She's just <laughs> like, she's like, I just have so much more empathy and compassion for like literally everyone in my life. And like, same, my family. And That's I'm saying to my family, like my sister and my parents, I'm like, oh my God, duh. Like, and I think that often those differences were created friction. And now that I like understand them, it's just like I have a whole new perspective on like the people I'm working with and living with. Yeah. By the way, like as a family's concern, it would kind of be amazing to do because as we know, there's so much bullshit and triggering that happens in families, like no matter what, no matter how healthy or unhealthy. But it's like if you look at every family, it's kind of its own business corporation. And human design too. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, right. Every family has like, you all need to fill a certain role. Exactly. And part of the problem is people feel like they're stuck in roles that aren't theirs and then they get really frustrated, understandably. But it's almost interesting. It's like if everyone in an entire family would do the human design chart and then start to understand what their role is, I bet you like some of these like family dinners would go a lot smoother. 100%. And they would just like, and one example I think about is like my sister's a manifester, super emotional manifester. My dad's a super sensitive projector. But like when I think about our childhood, like he was always amplifying and taking in her emotions and like responding to them. But like even just the tool of like knowing that and knowing that like when things got emotionally heated that like he should just remove himself and kind of come back to his own neutrality rather than like respond to her in the moment, like would have changed the game. Right. But I think when you're not aware of that and you're feeling all this emotion and like don't know if it's yours or not, it can be super confusing, you know? And so I just think that like it would have changed so many dynamics growing up, you know, I've just kind of really understanding like, Oh, I know exactly what's happening. I'm going to go for a walk. You know, I know exactly what's happening. I'm going to like let her do her own thing. Like I'm going to ask her a question. I mean, honestly, it's so empowering if you think about it. 100%. I mean, because even like we were just talking about like with the bed stuff, like if you were literally told in there, this might be better for you. And that was an inkling you had in your head, but you felt guilty or shamed. I bet you a lot of people would feel very shameful for feeling that way. Totally. As if like, and very confused probably. Like, what does it mean? Not realizing it means nothing. Totally. (laughs) But like, it's very empowering, I think, for some people who might struggle getting in touch with what their true self needs. Exactly. And there's like, and, and again, I think so much of human design, it's just like, it's just giving people permission. They're like, oh my God, yes. Oh yes. But like, I just haven't allowed me to, myself to do this. And so kind of getting that reflection back from a stranger is so empowering. And like, I think it's like, to me, it's never felt confining. It's more cause like I can do whatever I like with it, but it often is just like, oh great. I can do all these things and this is going to make me feel so much better. All right, here it is, our next Dentalks Talks Live, the first one of 2020, and we have something super special for you. We've got Gal Sasan coming back, who you know he always sells out. He's always amazing. He's already done two episodes with us, which have always been huge hits. So run, don't walk, go to dentalkspodcast.com and reserve your spot. It's going to be January 25th, which is a Saturday night, and he is walking us through the astrology of 2020. I know you guys are all secretly obsessed with that, so get your butts in here. He's going to tell us about all the energy we should be expecting, pitfalls, 
calls. He'll answer all Q&As so you can make this as personal as you want it to be. So you'll know when not to buy the house, when not to break up with your partner, all those things we also really want to know. And frankly, if you're just interested in learning more about astrology, he is the guy because he is brilliant and he always has the most amazing observations to share with us. So go again to dentalkspodcast.com and get your tickets because like everything he does, it will sell out. Hey, you guys, Heather is doing a silent retreat in San Luis Obispo, January 9th through January 13th. Do not miss this opportunity. Her silent retreats are epic. It's definitely transformational. Whether you're going through something or you just want to dive deeper, I suggest you do it. It's called Savoring the Silence. Go to denretreats.com and sign up. She is the perfect person to lead you through it. And it is not as horrible as you think it might be to not talk. It's actually really beautiful and freeing. And that's coming from someone who loves to talk. So we hope we see you there. Go to denretreats.com and sign up before it fills up. We just have a few spots left. Hey guys, teacher training is around the corner. So if you are in the LA area, please apply if this is something that interests you. We always have amazing feedback and we always grow teachers from there. Some that teach at the den and some who teach elsewhere. But if you are interested in kind of understanding where all of this comes from, where the voices come from, what the meanings come from, where these meditations come from, you will learn it here. Plus you will learn what your voice is in this whole world and how you can assimilate all of this knowledge and all these different lineages to be who you are. It's an incredible course. And again, even if you're not interested in teaching and you're just like, I want a stronger practice. This is for you as well. It's a beautiful personal journey. You know, I don't love that word journey, but it is. It's a beautiful personal journey. So please apply. It starts January 17th. Get on in there and hopefully we'll see you there. So tell me, so how you came from a big family or? Small. Just Small. my sister. Just your sister. Yeah. Your emotional manifesting my sister. My emotional manifesting sister. <laughs> and your emotional dad. My He's actually not emotional in human design. He was just amplifying all of our emotions. Just amplifying them. Yes, because the people that are not emotionally defined basically are hyper-empathic and super sensitive and taking in other people's emotions. So their work is to kind of know what's theirs and what's not, so they're not kind of amplifying other people's stuff. Now, have you told your dad about his... Yes, all about his design. Uh, not specifically about that dynamic, but I think... No, but has, I was going to... I wonder yeah. if you do. Like, has it changed how he operates a little bit? I think that, like, he's honestly, like, such a good projector. You know, I think it, it's funny on family vacations because like my dad and I are always the ones that are kind of hanging back or my sister and my mom were like let's keep going and my dad are like we're gonna go actually take a nap you know <laughs> and we were so close growing up I think that like there's just such a resonance there but um he's like I mean he basically is like a master delegator in his career you know he's always nailed like not being it having to do too much but also just like delegating 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 and so like he'll joke about being a projector all the time because like he's really living it and uh, it's just given me like a real lens because some projectors are like, am I lazy? You know, am I like not doing enough? And I think it's more just like they use time in a different way. So it's definitely resonated with him. And I think like, and, and to me, and he's really kind of embodying it already. That's very cool. So what about with, did you start, when did your partnership start with your, your romantic yes. partnership before you started doing human design or after? Um, it was before, well, before, I mean, it's a little bit confusing because we've been together for almost three years, but we've known each other f since 2013. So, like, human design has been happening since we've been dating. Um, but I, we knew each other long before I started studying human design. So when did you do his chart? Immediately. Um, and he didn't know. He didn't know. Right. Um, and he was just like, I'm going to support whatever you're going to do. Let's do it. And it was like as friends. But um, it was so cool. 
you know, and he actually is my business partner too. Oh, really? That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. when you did his chart right away, and you, was it right when you started dating, like in the beginning? It was before. Oh, before you were like, I, why did you have inklings you might want to date him? Well, he was my best friend. So oh. it was just like less of like, are we compatible? More just like, I want to know what you are, you know? Um, but I think that it resonated with him. He's like also such as, not a, like a skeptic, but just like he's curious, you know? He doesn't like yeah. take things without like really experimenting with them. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but uh, yeah, I did it pretty immediately. And it, again, it just like explains so much to me about him. Wait, so, so that, so what, like, like, tell me, like, when you're doing that, what was, like, your reaction? Was there any moment of, like, hmm, I could date him or we're very compatible? I think that, like, mm, I, I don't think I was thinking about dating yet. I think more I was just, like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense because he's a generator. He's got, like, so much creative power in his design. And, like, and so I think I was just, like, started to think about how I could best communicate with him. And that's, again, about the gut response. So, like, historically, if I, like, asked him, like, what do you want for dinner? Or, like, where do you want to go? He's like, I don't know. You know, what if I'm like, do you want to go out or eat at home? You know, or do you want salmon or sushi? Like, he's just like, yes, no, yes, no. So I think it just, like, gave me some clarity in how to, like, best respond to him. I think, like, once we decided to date and explore each other in that way, like, that's when I kind of really looked at the compatibility. And so that's one of those things where I think that, like, unless you already have the chemistry and you feel drawn to each other, I think, like, that's when you look up the compatibility. It's not, like... Should there, I date this person? Is there a certain chart that's a compatibility chart? Like I know in astrology, sometimes they like put them over Same each other. Same thing. Same thing. You put them over each other and you can basically see what is the energetic dynamic when the two of you come together and like where are the areas in which there's harmony? What are the areas in which you're going to compromise each other? What's the emotional dynamic, the communication dynamic, all of that? Well, it is interesting because when you guys all get yours and you should and you get 10% <laughs> off, remember, then 10, 10. Um, it, it's it, the actual layout is really cool. So I could see how, like, if you're seeing it over, can you see where like energy would get blocked and yes. stuff? Cause it's kind of like, it, it seems mm -hmm. like almost like a machine. Totally. It's like a whole, it's like a circuit board. Yeah. And so you can see where there's like stuckness, but also you can see where there's like things aren't flowing. Right. And like, for, for example, like, like you said, emptiness, when you were talking about a couple, they just didn't have, there was a lot of empty space. There was a lot of empty space. So like, and so you kind of need those things to attract one another to, each other you know but like just one partnership example like this isn't true for me and my partner but some partners like there's basically like they're not like totally I, I don't really know how to use the language but basically they might have a hard time totally communicating what's going on when it's just the two of them but when they're actually around other people and like go to a restaurant in a friend's house that's when they actually get like empowered to communicate interesting so it's just so interesting for those people to know it because they might feel a little bit stuck because there's not a total flow in their energy but it's only by being around other people they like get to a party and they start fighting or they go to a restaurant and then like it all starts coming out because they're actually being activated and like finally able to kind of communicate it's all like their things. energy gets pushed and yes. like stimulated exactly that's fascinating yeah it's just, I mean, there's so many interesting little pieces, but again, I think it's just like, it is just giving us a language for all the stuff that's operating underneath the surface. Now, what were you doing before this? So I was working at a bunch of startups. You know, I think that like my interest was always in entrepreneurship. And I think that part of what inspired my interest in this is that like I was working for a lot of companies that felt like they were amazing people and like a great mission, but like they were just totally dysfunctional. <laughs> it felt like people just like didn't know how to work together, you know, and didn't understand each other. And simultaneously that like I've always been exploring like Kundalini and meditation and Reiki and all the things on the side. And it just felt like these two separate worlds. And so when I was introduced to human design, it just felt like a bridge. It felt like, oh my God, like this is like woo in all the ways that I love, but also like so grounded and practical in a way that I can actually like bring it into 
into companies and communicate in a way that will like resonate with those people too. Now, when you say woo woo in all the ways you love, were you always like growing up? Were you always a little woo woo? Like where? I was always a little woo woo. Yeah. It was like, I feel like people will ask like, when did it shift? Like, I think that like, it's always, and like not, you know, I think that like, I want to understand things, but I just think that like, I definitely didn't have influences with my parents or my, like, they're all very different than me. And I was like, you know, I grew up in Seattle, but I was just like seeking all the Shambhala centers when I was in high school and going to take on hot retreats and, you know, right when I like college started. Wow. So I just like, I was just, it was something. And you I just was, find yourself there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I found myself at Thich Nhat Hanh's retreat. Like, I didn't even know who he was. Is that like a projector thing? (laughs) He's, I mean, he's just like such a big guy. Amazing. You know, and I think that I just was there and I was like, what, how am I here? You know, it was like his last retreat in the U.S. But I just think that I was always super curious. And I think the curiosity was more like, I want to just like feel really good. I want like my mind to feel clear. I want my body to feel good. Like, and I want to explore all the practices that kind of can help me kind of connect in that way. Um, But yeah, so there was always that curiosity. But I think that like there's always been an eagerness for me in translating it and making these things accessible to other people. Do you feel like the chart helps you stay on your practice? 100%. Like talk about the blend of like, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, the blend of like the spirituality and the chart. Yeah, I think that like the chart is definitely not like inherently spiritual and more like kind of helps us understand the mechanics of our energy. But I think that it really helps me stay in alignment you know I think that like my chart doesn't say like you should practice this or this or this but like (laughs) I know that I've got to um but more like you know for example knowing that one of my biggest shadows is just like doing too much and being super overzealous and like and having my partner know that I'll just get to points where I'm like working too much or feel like I like need to get this newsletter out or this thing and he's just like what are you doing you know like like you've got to align with your design here and so I think it's more when I get off track it becomes so obvious And it's just like such an invitation. And now that he has a language for it and that I do, it's just like an invitation to step back and kind of come back into alignment. So what is obvious for you when you say it's so obvious? What does that look like for you? I just think that like, again, I get so excited about all the things and I just like, I'm so, I love sharing human design, but like there are times where I just like, I burn myself to the ground, you know, I just like schedule too many sessions in a day. I schedule too many meetings in a day, you know, I just like, I get you know, my, I'm not like as emotionally resilient because I'm just exhausted, you know, or I'm so emotional because like, I just can't handle all the things. And so I think in moments like that, it's just like knowing that my energy is like, I can't use it all the time in like a very productive, like super active way. And like, I just like really need to retreat. And so often when I kind of hit my breaking point, it's because like, I haven't had time alone. You know, I haven't like, just like had times of like just resting and doing nothing. And so I think that like, those are the things that are the biggest things for me to watch out as I build a business you know um and also like just really learning how to embody that and be that because there are so many projectors out there that like are going through similar things how you said you were working for like startups Mm -hmm. what were you doing because it feels like knowing you were a projector like was it just totally out of line for what you should have been doing no, I think that like I was always in positions where they just kind of like put me in front of people. They were like community, business development, like just like go find all the people and all the clients and right. so like um and like interact with them. And so that was kind of always the position, but it was very much like the projector piece of like waiting to be invited in. That was everything. Like I think that like I applied for my like I mean, first job in New York City, but like everything else came from like someone I knew who just was like, I see you. And like, I don't know exactly what you do, but I want you to be part of it, you know? And so I think that I actually was kind of empowered to operate like a projector on a lot of those things. And I think it's, um, and so I think it was more validation. And even, have you heard of the assemblage in New York? Mm -mm. No, it's like a big co-working kind of wellness space, but 
I helped open it in 2017 and it was such a good example of like leaning into like there was a point at which like I was working way too much, you know, and then step, sitting with the founder, he's like, your value is really just in being here, being physically present and like, let's hire a team to do the rest, you know? And so it was just a moment of like being so out of alignment and then just being so in alignment, you know, and having the language of human design to kind of really understand exactly what was happening. It's so interesting because when you talk about being invited in, it's especially for, because I know that's part of my chart too. When you're a doer, that is a harder, that's a hard thing to accept. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, it's just like to do effectively, the invitation and recognition needs to be there. And so it's not that I can't do, but it's also like I need to kind of be invited in to do it. Like I think all the times that I tried to push it and make it happen, it just like hasn't really worked. And again, like the invitations are for those big things. Like once you're in your company and you're invited in, like you can go do all the things, you know, but I just think that. And again, I think when I first discovered that, I was like so nervous because I was like, this feels so passive and like that's not how I want to live my career. And I think that like my biggest learning has been like, how can I make myself available and um, accessible for invitations? So rather than like reaching out to specific companies, it's like, how can I just share about what I do in a super broad way so that the people that do resonate can find me? And like that has been just like a far better approach than trying to kind of like reach out to specific people. I mean, I love this. And you guys, you all have to go get this done because it's so easy. It's right on your website because it is. It's a roadmap of just telling you the more efficient way for you to operate. Yeah, and do it in a way that just feels better and will probably be so much more successful. And more successful. And that's what we're all trying to do. And I think for so many that are listening, because I know I talk to a lot of you, it's like you feel like you're, you know, keep running up to these roadblocks and this could possibly be why you might not be working within your system. Totally. And it's just harder. So align with the design. I heard you say <laughs> that. I like it. Align with your design. Exactly. You know, and it's often just going to feel a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. Thank you. I want to do your four use really quickly. So it's four quick questions. Okay. Um, an inspirational teacher for you. I mean, we're talking about Hari. I think she's definitely a big one. My, who I did my Kundalini training with. She's amazing. How did you, and just because being in New York, you found her or? Um... I know I was, I had been practicing Kundalini and was considering a different training and I had two people come up to me and they're like, you need to go to her. So I was like, okay, I'll go try a class. And I went and she's just like, so I was sharing with you earlier that I brought my partner just for fun because he'd never practiced Kundalini and he like fell in love with her and was like, I'm doing the nine month training with you. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. this is supposed to be my I time. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but it was just, yeah, she's just so next level and like so rebellious and wise in all the best ways. Do you remember a book or a moment that shifted your perspective on life? Yeah, I mean, the one that comes to mind immediately is um, a good friend and teacher of mine. I remember recommending the Surrender Experiment. It was like oh, yeah. back in, I don't know, maybe 2016 when I read it. But it was just like, it was such a new way of living. What is his name again? Why am I forgetting? Is it Michael Singer? Michael Singer. It yeah. is Michael Singer, also right? the author of that. I just pulled old. that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> often we don't know all the things we know. Um, <laughs> but I think that like, it's really just the story of his life, but like what it looked like to kind of just like live in surrender. And I think that like having, and I like have a lot of my design about trying to be in control on these things. And I think that I had tried to like control and architect my life. And it was just an invitation to kind of step back and like just allow it to happen in a whole new way. What does your, do you have a daily practice? And mm -hmm. if you do, what does your daily practice look like? So right now it is, um, I definitely practice like vinyasa every day. I love hot yoga um, and or, or work out at home, but I always do kundalini in the morning. 
Um, I think in the past it's been meditation and there's often meditation after Kundalini, but that's always the way to kind of get started for me. Well, right next to Moto. So if you want to pop in for a hot class. Oh my God. That was like in New York. I went to Moto like every day for three years, like my first couple of years in New York. I love Moto. Yeah. We love them too. They're they're great. If you found an extra hundred bucks in your pocket right now, what would you do with it? Um, I think that I would like, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about generosity lately. It's been a big conversation with my partner, but I think I would think about a present that I could get for someone or an experience I could get for someone. Um, probably my parents, you know, and I just kind of do that out of the blue. What's your mom? She's a manifester. Interesting. You have like, inter- it's I have no generators. <laughs> Wait, that's so weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Did things get done in your household? Yes. By her exclusively you know I think that like she's like she's definitely got like a lot of like just like a lot of power in her chart like manifestors definitely have energy and like when their heart's in it they can really do anything especially for her but um but yeah she actually handled most everything in the house and I think it was probably because like not everyone was holding up their weight you know funny that's so interesting yeah especially knowing again when you guys see the pie the majority of the population are generators of some sort. Exactly. Like the talk I was just at, literally everyone was. There was not a projector, a manifester, or a reflector. Really? Yeah. So it's super interesting. That is really interesting, actually. Oh, I have questions about that. That's super yeah. interesting. Um, well, this is amazing. You guys go to Erin Claire Jones, her website. Go to the blueprint up on the top on the nav bar. Get your blueprint done. And again, put in DEN10, D-E-N, the number 10 for your 10% off. Perfect. You will not be disappointed. Huh. I'm, I, it's so beautifully well done. It's like, I can't wait. I, I've already read mine like three times. Oh and I, I need to like do it again because each time something else stands so out more. Yeah, that's There's like a lot of great information. And it's all Good. like really good information it's not like fluff good no definitely not which i love um so stay tuned she is going to do a personal practice for us but thank you so much for being here of course yes so good to be here thank you so now erin is going to do her personal practice which is a quote from erin rose so um erin rose is a projector um and he shared this recently and i loved it he wrote Life hack, stop overriding your intuition by asking other people for advice. And I think why it's so meaningful and basically embodied is like why I love human design is that I think rather than kind of looking outside for answers in terms of just like our friends, our family, teachers, it's basically teaching each person to kind of how to tap into their own inner authority in a way that is consistent and reliable for them every single time. And so then kind of it can be so tempting to ask other people for advice, but the work is to kind of really tune into what feels right for us. Den Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.